0: hello and welcome to another episode of the mindful narcissist podcast i'm your host the mindful narcissist and i think i have really something has clicked with the way i do guest episodes and i've just i figured something out the way i'm doing them now feels much more true to my practice and like the process that i use to make art so this lovely episode came from around two hours of audio that, you know, was more or less just a normal rambling catch up chat. Cause Georgia and I had not talked like actually in person, you know, and this was on zoom, but you know, more or less in person in almost five years for context, I used to be really good at doing this in guest episodes, like starting them off by saying how I knew this person if I did indeed know the person. I do indeed know Georgia. She was in the burn during the first term of my master's degree. So about four months we spent together in Ireland. And fun fact, I have a little stick and poke tattoo on my left wrist that I did during our first midterms in the library. And Georgia was the one that helped me figure out how to poke deep enough that it would be an actual tattoo. She was my uh, spiritual guide during that tattooing process. And that's all I'm gonna say for now. Here, here's Georgia, enjoy.
1: I think in terms of fame, I was thinking about it today because obviously I want to become internationally renowned and okay. beloved by strangers. But I think yeah. actually I don't. Let's talk about it, I'm ready to go. Cause like, I really like it when people that I know and love enjoy what I do. And that's actually the nice part. I I like
2: sharing things with people I know and love. Yeah. And you think like if you were loved by strangers that wouldn't be satisfying to you? I think
1: if there's not a moment of real connection I think I, it just wouldn't really matter to me. That's like I would cool. just brush it off. And then eventually it might start to weigh on me. There's too much of it. Cause then I would probably feel guilty for like not reciprocating. Yeah. But, like, the exciting thing is, like, when somebody that I know is, like, oh, I just started listening to your podcast, I'm, like, oh, my God, I'm honored. Or, like, somebody that I know is, like, oh, I'm going to get the
2: zine. I'm, like, oh, my God. Wow. I can't wait to share that with you. Yeah, I feel like there's just certain, like, it's very funny what our society calls mental illnesses and what it doesn't. And, like, people who are just born, like, wanting lots of money and, like, that's a mental illness, but we just let them do it. And, like... I think some versions of people wanting fame is just like, you know, mental illness is like problematic as a word, but I'm just like, that's very interesting. Like, not everyone feels that way. Did you know that not everyone feels that (laughs) way? Like, you will be validated for this desire, but it's kind of weird that you want people you don't know to, like, watch your every move and, like, anticipate what you're going to do. Like, if you actually want that, it's like, you want to think about that? What that means, maybe? Maybe.
1: Yeah, and there's, like, I think there's the two sides of it as well, because there's that, the, like, wanting that, and then there's the people who see those people and truly feel like they know them. Like, the whole, like,
2: parasocial relationships thing. Totally. And then even, like, the people that, (laughs) well, now I'm just revealing myself in complete nudity, but the people who (laughs) study the famous people, I'm, like, I just, like, totally absorb and, like, research like pop artists in this kind of like morbid fascination way of like I want that but I don't but I do like you know what I mean just like well like I wasn't born into it like you have to be born into it but like if I was born into it I'm like but I wouldn't like but but I wouldn't but then I still study that Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) see I feel like I do that with Instagram influencers like I don't follow many but I'll totally like intensely stalk some of them periodically and just like I'm fascinated it's like a morbid fascination like
2: yeah. how do you do this how does this work for you who are you actually because normally like the way that you know people is through like these human things you can be like oh they're at their job and I like you know their clerk or whatever and like or that my friend is my teacher but like when you meet them through this like hyper presentation online or like just through their fame then you're just like I don't know your humanity, and so that's so interesting to me, like, to want to see you.
1: And then existing online for so much of, like, pandemic times. Yeah. That makes real human relationships confusing,
2: too. Oh, confusing! Oh my god! Yeah, it's like, okay, do I want to see my friends? Yes. Okay, get on Instagram. Yeah, it's, mm,
1: it's a it's a blessing to be able to stay so connected, but oof, it's a trip.
2: I feel like you don't share, like I feel like you're actually really conscious of like how much personal details you share. Like you're often sharing and you're like sharing your face and your voice and everything. But like, you don't actually go into like, oh, this is what my sister said to me. And like today I'm so upset because like this deep personal trial, you're like, oh, Lord. like just, and I feel like that's kind of, like, where it gets confusing to me when people share all of this, like, basically, like, you're like, that looks like you copy and pasted it from your, like, diary. But then they're like, well, don't talk to me. And I'm like, okay, like, I won't, but, like, do you know what you're putting out there? Like, I think, like, a lot of the times
1: people will be, like, praised for vulnerability yeah, online because it, like, shows the more real experience. And Instagram, you know, doesn't show you the real experience. But I'm like, mm, I'd rather just be like, okay, people, don't be stupid and think that I'm sharing my real experience on this performative platform. My experience is mine, and you don't get to have it. That's be, my take.
2: you <laughs> good at fame when it comes for you, because I think that's one of the keys, is like how to perform, you know, not perform necessarily in like a vapid way, but how to perform your vulnerability and how to perform closeness without actually like giving away all of your experience and closeness.
1: I think I'm greatly helped by the fact that I'm not the greatest at vulnerability in real life either. So, like, it really comes naturally to me to not be vulnerable in online spaces.
2: Like, Georgia, I don't know how to tell you this, but that's the real me.
1: <laughs> just really? kidding. You know, everything I just said is a lie. I am fully myself on Instagram. <laughs>
2: Georgia, you got this cute little theory going on about how I'm like performing vulnerability. <laughs> I just can't.
1: We're getting there um, on occasion. Proud of you. What is your stance on vulnerability?
2: Yeah, I guess, like, consent is the, is a cool little container for vulnerability, like, if I know that I'm in a place or with a person or whatever that, like, will take that and grow with it and, like, respect it, then I'm like, heck yeah, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And then if you're in this, like, wide open place with people and all their little weapons pointed at you, it's like, that's not the time for vulnerability and it's not, like helpful to like be purposely be vulnerable in those spaces and like show everyone to be vulnerable like
1: I think part of that comes back to people's inability to embrace change because like I think for me part of the fear of vulnerability is that like it'll be weaponized later like I'll be held to what I expressed at one point Mm. and not allowed to change from there right Humans, like, we don't, we don't like change in general, I guess. So that's natural. But, you know, it's a nice practice to work with overcoming that. Or like, oh, your little, was it like a prayer about the liminality? Oh, yeah. Like the most recent one or the one before in one of the newsletters. I really, really liked that. Because I feel like liminal spaces, that's kind of like an artsy-fartsy spaces buzzword right now. Oh, really? Or, like, it's something that I... Working in like a gallery and art spaces was starting to get, become like jaded about because it was a concept I loved, but then yeah. like, and it is an amazing concept, but then it just you know gets worked to death a bit. But I hadn't heard it in a while, and then this was my first time in a while. I'm like, ah, oh, fresh, fresh take. I like
2: this. Oh man, yeah. the way the art—you could give them anything, and like the art world will just. It's like, you got the nicest piece of steak, like from your friend who's a farmer and like sang songs to the cow every day and you hand it to the art world. And then it's like, I'm just gonna like pound this up and like put it on the pan at like 400 degrees and like put a little ketchup on the top. And like, that's good.
1: Well done, sir. (laughs) Well done.
2: Yeah, but like embracing change is kind of the only thing that you can do.
1: I mean, we can fight. We're really good at fighting against it,
2: dude. Not anymore. <laughs> like, no, to kill us. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that I think one of the things that like uh, the collective's reaction to the pandemic is just like it's not like metaphor anymore. Like, resisting change will kill. Like, will not necessarily kill you, like decision maker, but like it causes death like it's not we cannot keep going
1: yeah i definitely don't think about the reality of any of those things enough though
2: that's cool i mean we all have our tactics you know i've been maybe dealing with it too much so you can just rest in the knowledge that somewhere out there someone's thinking about it too much and that balances out you're not thinking True. about it
1: there we go that is definitely a healthy way to move forward <laughs> got it for me the newsletters though they're perfect
2: (laughs) i'm kind of trying to do the like quality over quantity thing Mm -hmm. and i'm only done for like four months and every time i just post on instagram like hey i have a newsletter it's way better than anything you could put on instagram and then usually i get some like collect collect a couple emails to add Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean like there's only a couple of people that like consistently reply. Like there's like three people I know I'll get an email from being like, oh my God, wait, 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 wait. But everyone else I'm like, did you like it? Did you read it? Was it too long? What what was your favorite part?
1: Oh, I feel like they some people have this gift. Not everybody has this gift. But I think you're really good at like I'm making the-
2: I get uh, um self-conscious when I'm double mugging on video and I just want to let you know this one's water and the other one's tea. I didn't even notice that they were two different mugs.
1: Thank you for clarifying. Okay, sorry, anyway. <laughs> oh my, this one's rum. This one is... Anyway, let me finish complimenting you. Um. So... <laughs> so, I think you have the gift of coming across very well as like still yourself in your writing. Thank you. Yours just feels like you and like that presence alone I think makes the newsletter is very, very good. Oh, thank you. It's like, it's a happy little Georgia hug in my (laughs) inbox.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking of like how many, you know, this is always a dumb question that people ask artists, but like how many hours did it take you to make that? And I was like, probably like 10 or 15 hours just because like, I'll pretty much sit down and like be like, this is what I want to write about. And then I just like, I don't know what the word is for it, but I just like labor. I just like fix little tiny words. I'm like, no, like the phrasing should be like that. And I'm like, I just read it over and over. I just like, it's a very felt experience. Mm -hmm. That's how maybe how it comes across. It feels researched
1: as well. I'm like, oh, like I actually learned something as well. I think with each one which that impresses me. I can't be bothered. I don't think I've researched for like a single podcast. I should. I think my podcast would benefit from occasionally like doing a little bit of extra research on the things I just blab about, but I'm just, I'm not there. We might
2: get there. Maybe. Folk music has fucking turned me into a researcher. Like I'm like, oh, research is like a way of loving and like, like, getting to know about someone or something and where it came from and, like, what all of the context that it has been in already and then, like, putting my own context. I'm like, that's that's love. But that's not what school's going to teach you. (laughs) So, like, I totally get it. But I think I just had, like, a really... I had a good break in between school and, like, when I got into folk music. Tell me about traditions. Oh, well... Do you consider yourself a good interviewer?
1: Oh, I'm excellent, obviously.
2: <laughs> okay. Can I get a leading question to that?
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, when, you know, you're you're saying you're really obsessed, like, was it Scandinavian or Norwegian? Norwegian is Scandinavian. It is, yeah. But you talked about, you know, embracing traditions that are, like, not yours, but in a not terrible way. And how traditions are you know, living things, they're not meant to not change at all. Yeah. Which I think is, I don't know, that's, that was something I thought about a lot living in Ireland because like progress versus tradition, you know, things would happen that would make Ireland less of, you know, the postcard perfect rolling green hills, little thatched roof cottages. And it was mainly like foreigners. I'd be like, oh, that's bad. You're like losing the spirit of Ireland. Mm. You're losing these traditions, and I don't know I was never really sure where I stood on it like as a foreigner living there I was kind of on the side of like yeah no don't change it it's pretty
2: but like it's good as a foreigner to to maybe not take a stance for, yeah and like allow yourself to be in that hesitant state I'm just so so I mean people are always like oh how do you find Scandinavian and even folk music and I'm like I'm sorry it's really boring like I just found it like it just happened. I don't know. Now I do it. But, like, I'm just so grateful that, like, I got into it, that I just, in the right moment, I'm, like, predisposed or whatever to, like, just gravitate towards it. Because it's just, like, growing up as a white person in America, that just wasn't, like, the word tradition, like, wasn't even on my radar at all. And just, it's crazy that that's how humans have grown up with traditions like for most of the time that we've been humans and Mm -hmm. then just in this time in this country like it's so possible for people to just grow up without a huge understanding of themselves beyond like one generation like i know my grandmother but i don't really know a lot about her life or like what she did or where she like you know what i mean
1: yeah like i feel fairly disconnected from anything past my grandparents yeah. Because, I mean, it's a good, it's a few generations back. I think my family was just in California. But then before that, it's just like, okay, in some other state. Or, like, they came down from Canada. Very exotic. <laughs> um, yeah, so that lack of, kind of, cultural traditions goes back multiple generations already. I, I wouldn't feel like there was anything for me to even embrace or turn to. I wouldn't know where.
2: Yeah, feel
1: right. inauthentic. Like... I would have to reach so far back that be like, okay, you're, you're grasping for something and for why.
2: I've I've been thinking a lot about how like traditions and rituals and just culture and cultural ideas and philosophies in general like help you through hard times. And like, I don't know if you've been having a hard time, but like there was this whole pandemic thing. And... It affected so, me like a little bit. A little okay, bit. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I had like kind of a hard time, but. It's mostly over now. <laughs> uh, but like, when it was harder, like, not right now. Like, that's just, it's like a deep tissue massage to, like, have stories and songs from beyond your generations to, like, to listen to and trust and learn from.
1: My, my substitute might be, like, art. Like, that's the cultural heritage I've taken on I am an artist and so I have all of this many years of art to look back on and draw from I think that's the closest I can get to something like that
2: yeah I mean it's really it's like so it feels tricky as like people in our position like you said to that you feel like it would be a grasp for anything. It's like, that's such a tear. we've been like this, just the tornado picked us up and put us in this really awful place. And like, it's our like responsibility to get out of, like we don't need anyone to come help us, but like to be in a place where you're like, I don't have culture. Like that's not human, that's not good. See, and if somebody,
1: Okay, never, no. I was about to say, if somebody else was like, you know, grasping back really far, I wouldn't like judge them for it. <laughs> and you're like, I think I away. would. I totally would. I, t- I take it
2: back. But like, there are ways to grasp back. You could be like, oh, well, I learned that my great, great, great grandfather like came over from Canada, you know, whatever part of Canada. But then you don't have to, like, walk around, like, in a Canadian tee like, get a flag <laughs> and you're like, I'm Canadian. And you're like, I oh, I only celebrate, like, Canada Day. Like, it's kind of offensive that you're asking me to celebrate Thanksgiving because, mm-hmm. like, that's not my heritage. Do you know, my family that did come from Canada, the great whatevers,
1: I'm pretty sure they were circus performers. <gasps> that's, really that's cool.
2: cool. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, how many times in your life have you thought about running away and joining the circus, Caitlin?
1: um never (gasps) it always seemed too physical to me (laughs) (laughs) because in my head like my only option is being like a trapeze artist like i don't consider anything else. (laughs) like the circus you are running away to be a trapeze artist and i'm just like well that just sounds difficult so i don't want to do it
2: You'd be so, you have the little skirts that fly in
1: the air And you're like a moth So oh, it's so pretty So so I'm guessing you have dreamt about running away No, no <laughs> I could see that Or like being a little I, minstrel
2: Yeah, I was like If you want to I mean you can look up my search history Because I use DuckDuckGo But I um, have definitely like looked up circuses in the area The past year To be a musician at They totally need a fiddler
1: I know, right? Who doesn't need a, f-
2: like, like, just in I general? Hire me as your personal chef? No, fiddler.
1: and that, that has to be a thing. Somebody's got a personal fiddler. Somebody That's
2: lives true. at that level of opulence. If anyone's listening to this podcast and they need a personal fiddler, don't hey,
1: <laughs> your phone is going to blow up. Are you even prepared? <laughs>
2: You're going to have to get a personal phone and a private professional phone
1: this podcast actually caters almost exclusively to the types of people that would have a personal fiddler. Have you always done music? No. No? When did you start doing music? The minute that I met you when I came
2: into Ireland. Wow. Was, okay. Yeah. I was so scared to do music that I was like, this isn't exactly how it happened, but just like I've I was like, I need to go to Ireland because I'm like dramatic and I got to do stuff with my life. And then so I decided to go to art school and then, you know, I knew I was going. And then like a week before I went, I just had this like deep moment of like, but music, like I really, ha- like I'm making fun of it. But it was like really serious moment in my life. And then I just, like I was like, dad, like there's like a crappy old fiddle in the attic. Like, bring it, like I have to take it. And then I just like brought it with me. And everyone thought I knew how to play it. So they invited me to their sessions and I'm just bombed. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that is incredible. I did not that's, know that. And that's I mean, incredible. I, I kind of played cello as a kid, but like not to the point where I knew what I was doing, just to the point where I could like do what my teacher wanted me to do. But yeah.
1: Wow. I definitely so that, think we had like formal musical training, like <laughs> from a young age.
2: Bruh. <laughs> nah. <laughs> man maybe that's why you're so good oh it all makes sense now shut up oh. no but I was like so scared to do music that I was like oh it makes sense that I'm like going across the ocean like that's how far away from my, anyone I know <laughs> like I just, they can't find out that I like want to make sounds like oh that's so oh my god what would they think of me <laughs>
1: And, and what did they think? Were they all horrified that you're making sounds?
2: No, you know, I came around, I figured out that they were in support, and that's, you know, that's vulnerability okay.
1: Uh, it would have been a way better story if you then had to fight um, through the disapproval of everybody you know and love. No, it's just me. <laughs> just you. Isn't that how it always is? Nothing's ever as dramatic as we want it to be. I know. It's hard. Tell me more about your circles drawings. I draw circles because I don't know how to draw anything else. That's not totally true. It's totally partially true, though. Because, like, see, I have an entire background in music. and I just did, like, a full... Like, when I started college, I was like, all right, I'm done with music. And now I shall do art. And I'd never, like, I'd always doodled and things and, like... I went to a high school where I got to take college classes and I took a college art class my last semester of high school and I did like it, but that was basically all my decision to go into art was based off of. It was like, I took this one art class and I guess I'll do art now. And then I just stuck with it and I have stubbornly refused to learn any real technical skills. (laughs) So like I... I think it's so funny because my friend who I'm nannying for now, she mm-hmm. like does commissioned portraits and things. She she can like actually depict things as they are in the real world with your eyes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I I just put no effort into the two classes that I was required to take that were like observational drawing and painting. Yeah. I mean fucking have learned no more since then because I just don't want to. And so I draw circles because when I was in college and I was in lectures, instead of taking notes, I would draw circles because I have the kind of memory where like, as long as my hand is moving, I'll retain everything I hear. Yeah. So that was just my movement. And then I went to the burn and I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I will draw circles. And I started and I have never stopped.
2: (laughs) Just like a circle. Yes. Oh
1: my god! I literally cannot escape. Every once in a while, somebody like very well-meaning will suggest, like, "Oh, what if you did this instead of circles?" Like, have you like ever tried a triangle? on? Yeah, like a triangle or something. I'm like, I mean, I've dabbled in the triangle. It just didn't really do it for me.
2: <laughs> do you feel like? Because I'm trying to imagine you like as a music person. I'm like, ooh, like, oh, do you I like- would be the worst kind of music person? Because
1: I, as a music person, was always without soul <laughs>
2: oh.
1: <laughs> It was always like I played in a very like neurotic kind of way which eh, kind of makes sense given like my art style as well it's very like I think I'm getting better at like kind of being somewhat expressive with my visual art but I like I was the jazz pianist in a jazz band for a second and my solos were memorized Oh yeah. I created an improvised solo and every performance played the same one because I could not improvise. I didn't know how. And like, I took composition classes and just the most dry compositions. I was like, I am abiding by the rules that I have created (laughs) or like, (laughs) you know, we were learning counterpoint or whatever from whenever music had to be written in counterpoint. And like, I, I was really good at that. Because I was like, there are rules, there are parameters, I will do it within these parameters. And I don't know, my piano teacher was always frustrated with me because she's like, I can tell that you're not feeling this piece.
2: Oh my God. And
1: I I followed the, you know, crescendo decrescendo exactly yeah. as it was written on the page. There yeah. was never anything like, yeah. So my entire musical career was just like devoid of any feeling and very technical. And I think if I were still a musician, I would have become increasingly like technical and pretentious and following like strict tradition. And so I, I would have been the worst kind of music person at the end.
2: Yeah, there's like, like, competitive, like competition I think happens in music and art differently. And I just feel like the way that musicians can get competitive is like, not, I'm like, I don't want you to have to, have to be there for that. Like, I'm just like,
1: no, not Caitlyn. When I was home for Christmas, I played piano, like just for fun. I pulled yeah. up sheet music from five, s- seven years ago. Seven years ago, a piece that I remember really enjoying learning and playing seven years ago. And I just like fiddled around with it for two weeks while I was home. And it felt really good. Yes. Like, that's success. Like a nature is healing type of moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, birds in the background and all yeah. that leaving and so that was good so maybe someday maybe someday I could like get back into something that'd
2: be my for enjoyment
1: yeah what even is that
2: I mean first off you have to feel and like I know that's scary for a lot of us boring <laughs> concept I'm just like if I died tomorrow which I could Like, do I want to be, like, halfway on my way to, like, getting the whatever Fulbright whatever thing? Or, like, do I want to have played piano and, like, felt good and enjoyed it? And, like, obviously you can't take, that's a binary, and, you know, Hmm. binaries don't work and they're not real. You can't take it too far. But I'm just like, you are going to die, and it might be soon. You don't know.
1: Think of dying soon. Do you want to, like, leave a legacy when you're dead? Do you care about that?
2: Well, what's a legacy?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's different things for different people. Like, I know people who, like, they want to have, like, documentation of what they've done so that Mm. it carries on for generations. Or, like, they want to leave a mark, like, a, a significant mark that carries on and, like, changes something as they move on. And so I've started to like, for some reason, I just talked to a lot of people about that in a short period of time. And so then it just kind of like stuck with me and kept percolating. I'm like, do, do I, I don't know that I care about, hmm?
2: I feel like that. I mean, if all 7 billion people and counting wanted to leave like a legacy, like that we'd be fucked. So I don't think it's good if everyone wants to leave a legacy. But when you said that, I immediately thought of like making people feel loved and like who I've loved deeply and like who will continue to see the world in ways that I saw the world because I loved them and showed them those ways. i like, that's a legacy.
1: That's actually very similar to what I told the first person I discussed it with. I was like, I don't think I care about like having anything I do outlive me really. But like, if I love people really well, And then maybe like they love themselves a little better and then they love other people a little better. Like it doesn't even have to be said that like it traced back to me. Like I don't, if everybody forgets me as soon as I die, that is a hundred percent okay with me. I will obnoxiously remind you that I exist as long as I do exist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with oblivion, pure oblivion after I'm dead. But like, if I have a trail of like people loving themselves and other
2: people a little better afterwards,
1: like that seems like a nice legacy.
2: Yeah. It's a very good legacy. And I think that's, like, what the big legacies are about. Like, I just saw that the video of Tina Turner getting inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, possibly for a second time. I don't know. I did not research that. But I was just like, <laughs> damn, like, so cool. Like, you did things and music, and, like, it freed people. Like, oh, so cool. But, like, it's not bigger or, than you know, non-famous people,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but I still want to be famous, so.
1: Yeah, um, back to that ultimate goal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can have it. You can, listen, anything you want, you can have it, like.
1: It's called, um, Manifestation. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, no, tell me more. (sighs) Well, I think there was actually a phase where I was like into manifestation as a concept and I'm no longer I've outgrown
2: that I like I'm glad that I'm on the internet now but I hate like finding out that these things that are actually really cool like got taken <laughs> like the word manifest very cool and then I was like oh well like manifest just like not in like that spiritual like girly way that it's used now but i just use that word for something else and then my friend was like oh my god i have to show you like my high school like ex's instagram because she like manifests things all the time and i was like no and it was so cringe is
1: facebook dead i feel like it is you know what i knew facebook was dead when i was randomly scrolling one day and i saw that facebook dating. Is now a thing. And like that must be a last ditch effort to revive the application. So, yes, Facebook is dead because they've started a dating app. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So,
2: Facebook is dead. Like, I can't wait till Instagram is dead. Do you know what I mean? I
1: know. Like, I think about it a lot the death of Instagram and leaving Instagram just of my own volition, which I think that probably seems out of character for me to consider that um it is out of character because immediately after I consider I'm like but like where would I perform then exactly it's not enough for me well if I continue living in smallish towns that might actually work for me because like I can be well
2: known enough in a small town (laughs) people I mean this is a whole other thing anyone who like isn't from New York City and wants to live there and goes and moves there and stays, I'm like, you're insane. And I can no longer talk to you, but I feel like just like people who like enjoy it, they're just like, oh, like the hustle and the bustle of the cities and the faces and the people. I'm like, that does not make you depressed. Like you don't go home and you're just like, wow, I saw so many faces and a lot of them were sad and none of them know who I am.
1: <laughs> and none of them know who i am <gasps> see i like excursions yeah that yes like that's nice like when i lived in Ballyvahan, oh, every time we went up to galway on like a God, shopping galway. trip i would walk down shop street and it was like a game i played to make eye contact with and smile at every single person that i could wow And then I lived in Galway for two years and I was like, I walk down Shop Street with my head down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So, you know, excursions into that are nice. Living in it, maybe not my favorite. I enjoy my own company best. Oh. As much as I love other people and I love going and talking to people, like, I'm my favorite person to be around.
2: Yep. It's nice when I, like play my own songs for a while and I'm just like oh that was like me <laughs> like I just wrapped myself in a little like me blanket about my own little rhythms how do you
1: write music like that me fascinating or- you as a person you personally because okay. I know how one writes music I know how I was taught to write music and it didn't work
2: for me so how do you write music a jam I just like, I mean, I'm actually learning more. I've just kind of like up until this point, like copied what other people did. And so then it kind of looks like I know what I'm doing. And like, I definitely do in some ways, but in other ways, I'm like, what's a like, what this is in a scale? Like, that's cute. What's a scale? Like, <laughs> just, like the music theory side of it, I just don't think of it at all. So I'm like actually getting a little closer to that. But I usually just kind of sit down with the instrument and, I don't know, just like repetitive kind of like making small changes in little melodies and just trying and then something will just like have soul in it. And then I'm like, ah, like record it. It's going to go away. And then I make a voice memo and I listen back to it. I'm like, damn, that's good. I wonder if I could do it again. I do that for like a
1: year. (laughs) Do you dictate it? Do you like write it down?
2: No, just just with audio recording, but it's it always goes so bad. If I try and write it down, it just, I lose it.
1: There is something about like nailing it down in that way. Cause like when I was in the jazz band and I would like make my solos and then yeah. like, I think the first <laughs> time I made it, it would like be okay. Yeah. Then you write it down and play it again and again and again, and it just loses something more every single time. (laughs) I feel like that is so in character for me though. Like that just checks out that that was how I soloed in a jazz (laughs) band.
2: It's very cute. Jazz is so
1: not that. And you're like, nope. (laughs) My jazz is, see, and I love jazz. I love music. Like so many of my close friendships are like, musicians and I think it's because I like I crave it but I can't be in it so I'm like I'll just live through you
2: well you're well I mean come through any time
1: come through any time mess around with the fiddle it'll be fun yeah stringed instruments are hard I also exclusively played instruments that had specific places for my fingers to go I like buttons and keys you're
2: smart (laughs) save myself a lot of heartache you know Oh, my God. No, but wait until you find about, like, the tempered scale, and then you'll fucking lose it. And you'll want to go, go into the fretless world. How's um, um, how's the jaw harp going? Oh, it's going really good. You want to see? Yes, please. Uh,
1: by which I mean here.
2: Yeah, I learned a new sort of technique that made it sound a lot better. I don't hear it. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it sounds That's, pretty weird
1: that is so weird so it so it has like one
2: pitch and then you change it with your mouth yeah so it's just this thing and then you know there's this bar and then it has a little like tongue and that mm-hmm. is like hold it in my teeth and then I just kind of make different like syllable shapes and like just move my tongue up and down Mm -hmm. like this is the bass note so that's with my tongue like fully down and then I can I'm not as good at the pitches yet but you just go up and down that is so fun it's very (laughs) nerdy and very cool. <laughs> I, think I had a dream yesterday, that I accidentally like went on a trip without taking my jaw heart. So that's where we're at. It's funny. I'll be like standing over the stove, making dinner, and just like, <laughs> like stirring my sauce, like
1: <laughs> just practice time can be practice time. What's your <laughs>
2: approach to like practicing? Oh boy, I think practicing should be enjoyable almost always.
1: hmm
2: Like, I think the only unenjoyable part of practicing should be, like, making yourself sit down when you've promised yourself you're gonna practice, but like, I am anti do it till it hurts, or like, just do it because you have to.
1: This is how I justify still not really learning how to draw. Because it feels like torture. I'll do it when it doesn't.
2: But also, should I just push myself? I go back and forth. It's really hard knowing when to push. When, like, you're just not enjoying it because you're learning a new skill and that's hard. And when, like, you're sucking all the enjoyment out of it. Because, like, it's not going to look good or sound good if you're doing it from a place of, like, fear and pain. Now, there was a good...
0: Several minutes of conversation at the beginning of our zoom call that I was not recording yet where I raved about her newsletters and Fangirled about several of the projects she's working on because George is doing a lot right now So I'm gonna link all of that in the description of the episode She's doing I think still serenadograms. She's got the newsletter, which I'll link her Instagram, it's at georgia.baity, B-E-A-T-T-Y. Just shoot her a message with your email if you wanna be added to that list. It's once a month and it's honestly pure gold. I really genuinely recommend getting on her newsletter list. But then she's also, she's like recording songs straight to vinyl or something right now. And I don't know, everything, everything she's doing and has ever done is brilliant and you should stalk her. This week is the last week um, to sign up for the month if you want to get in on January's issue of the Mindful Narcissist Zine, and it is also the last week to be ordering a six-month bundle of the zines if you want a trial run or if you just prefer to get them all once rather than monthly. I will only be offering five of those bundles, so it's first come first serve. I think there's two left now at the time of recording, and if you're a current subscriber and you missed a few issues and you want to um, order any of those, give me a shout there. the bundle will be 35 us dollars plus shipping. you get six issues of the zine plus the mini intro zine. the individual zines, if you're already a patron, will be six us dollars each plus shipping. message me if you're interested in either those options. we'll talk shipping then. and i will be taking payment to reserve your zines via paypal or venmo. you can also sign up just to be a general patron if you just like the podcast and want to offer some support, but not receive a zine. Both tiers are four euro fifty or five US dollars, and the link is patreon.com/slash/theMindfulNarcissist. You can follow me at CaitlinW for daily mindful narcissist content and reminders and announcements about the podcast. As always, like, share, review, all that good stuff, and my DMs are always open. I'll see you next week for another chat.
2: Mwah.